story of a season. He's all by himself, fires into the end zone. Touch, touchdown! Here's your host, Truman Chose. You're listening on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Hey, so uh, week seven of the NFL season has just finished, and it has been as topsy-turvy of a season as there has ever been. Uh, Today in particular, I wanted to discuss the NFC South, which could end up being a historically bad division. Currently, no team in the division has a winning record. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Atlanta Falcons are uh, right now tied for first in in the division at three wins and four losses. The Bucs did beat the Falcons earlier in the season, so technically they do have the division lead. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, who are 2-5, and five, which in the AFC or basically even just any other division uh, would put you more in contention for the number one pick. They are just one game out of the division lead. And so are the Carolina Panthers, uh, who recently fired their head coach, Matt Rule, and were the consensus most likely team to get the number one pick. They are right there with them after their 21-3 to upset over the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, so for reference, in 2014, the same division, the NFC South, uh, eight years ago, every team went below 500. The Panthers ended up winning the division with a record of 7-8-1. So they didn't even win eight games that season, and yet were still able to make the playoffs because of how poor every other team in their division was. After seven weeks, the best team in the division was the Panthers, who had a record of 3-3-1. So that terrible division had at least one team to start at 500 after uh, seven weeks into the season. Uh, Same goes for the 2010 NFC West, where the Seattle Seahawks started 4-2 and and then fell to 7-9 but still won the division. And then just to round things out, uh, the 2020 NFC East, or as they were often nicknamed, the NFC Least, uh, was led by the Philadelphia Eagles with a 2-4-1 record after seven weeks. Uh, it was then won by the Washington football team with a record of 7-9, partially after Doug Peterson arguably threw the final game by benching Jalen Hurts. Uh, that would otherwise have given the New York Giants the division lead, and they would have made the playoffs with a 6-10 and record. So, returning to this year's NFC South, they're probably not going to be as bad as the 2020 NFC East, but it's not looking good right now. If the Bucks or the Falcons go 500 the rest of the way, then they would sit in an 8-9 and nine record, which is obviously below 500. Uh, that being said, while I know that hating Tom Brady is America's favorite pastime, and I personally enjoy doing that every now and then, I do feel the need to defend him and his team as far as their on-field performance goes. Uh, the Bucks currently have a point differential of zero, so they've scored exactly as many points as they've allowed, so by that metric, they are exactly average. According to Football Outsiders DVOA, uh, they even have them as the 8th best team with the 5th best defense and the 19th best offense. That does imply room for improvement for Brady, but he's only dropped from great to a bit below average, not from great to entirely washed uh, take this play early against the Panthers which would have given them a 7-0 lead we can't give up 400 plus yards on defense from the 36 yard line Brady 
Fires downfield, and the pass is bobbled and dropped by Mike Evans. That came courtesy of the NFL, Fox Sports, Kenny Albert, and Jonathan Vilma. This is also the quarterback who, need I remind you, has won seven Super Bowls. I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, Obviously, this season there has been quite a bit of chaos with the Buccaneers organization. They had the coaching change from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles. Tom Brady has had a very public, very messy split with his wife, Giselle, which I don't want to get into too much, but obviously that is going to impact your performance to one extent or another. Uh, Some people don't believe that Brady has truly been trying with the team since he went to Robert Kraft's wedding instead of practicing with the team ahead of their game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so maybe this is just a year of bad vibes for the Bucks, for lack of a better term. They've also had one of the worst rushing games in the league. Uh, by expected points added per play, they rank dead last, and DVOA has them ranked second to last. But given an excellent pass defense and a passing game that could improve thanks to the greatest quarterback of all time, I'm not quite ready to dance on their grave just yet. Uh, but if the Bucks do falter, who would be the most likely team to win the division? I think the Panthers do have the weakest shot. Despite the win over the Bucks, there is a reason everyone thought they were playing for the number one pick. They started 1-5, they looked terrible, and they traded away running back Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they have one of the worst passing games in the league, the worst according to expected points added, Maybe that will improve with P.J. Walker instead of Baker Mayfield, a starting quarterback. But who knows? Uh, According to DVOA, their best unit is their rushing defense, which ranks 13th in the league. So best case scenario, if a team has a lead, hypothetically the Panthers won't get totally bulldozed by the clock running out. But with an offense like that, any minor success on defense really isn't going to matter a ton. Uh, I have slightly more faith in the Saints. They've been mostly mediocre but they have one of the best rushing offenses in the league so far. So if they can get a healthy Jameis Winston back, that might revitalize the passing game a little bit. So I wouldn't call them necessarily a good team, but things like throwing two pick sixes in a row against the Cardinals, I think has arguably skewed uh, some of the stats, made them look a bit worse than they are a two-point differential, for instance. Uh, Pick sixes do tend to be a little bit random, so I'm not going to count on the Saints to throw a bajillion pick sixes every time. Uh, it, it is still an indicator that Andy Dalton could have performed better, but I'm not going to hang my hat on too much there. Uh, so if every other team in the division falters, I could see things breaking just right for the Saints to make a run for the division lead. Uh, so that means that I would give the Falcons the best chance of winning the division outside of the Bucks. Uh, they're the only team in the division with a second-year coach, Arthur Smith, and they've had arguably the best offense out of any of the other teams in the division. Uh, they also have an excellent rushing game and adequate passing. As players get more and more used to a system, I can imagine the offense improving further under Arthur Smith. Uh, the main issue I have with them is that DVOA has them ranked as the worst defense in the league. Uh, I don't know if you know, but it's hard to win a division if your opponent can pass all over you. So who will win the NFC South? Will it be Tom Brady once again with the Buccaneers uh, making a revenge tour? Will it be the Carolina Panthers going from number one pick to winner of the worst division? Will it be the New Orleans Saints 
under rookie head coach Dennis Allen and an entirely new regime? Or will it be the Atlanta Falcons uh, with Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota leading the way? Only time will tell. So next, I also wanted to touch on one specific game this week, which is the London contest between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams currently sit at two wins and five losses, which puts them at the back of the AFC playoff picture. At different points, they've both been perceived as playoff contenders. Uh, had you asked a Jaguars fan earlier in the season what they thought their record would be at this point in the season, two and five would probably have been about right. Uh, but following a two and one start with blowouts against the Colts and Chargers, it seemed like the Jaguars were arguably AFC South favorites and even better than their preseason projections. But after their hot start, they had a four-game losing streak. That being said, none of their losses have been by more than a touchdown, so Vegas and Advanced Metrics still kind of like them. They were favored against the Giants last week, and they are favored against the Broncos this week. Uh, but they've definitely cooled off quite a bit after a hot start. Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked quite as much as an All-Pro. Uh, additionally, trading James Robinson to the Jets might signify that they're not expecting much for the rest of the season. And so I wouldn't say they're maybe tanking or throwing in the towel, but maybe they just don't anticipate much happening. Uh, meanwhile, if you had asked Broncos fans before the start of the season, they would have had much higher expectations. Personally, I had predicted the Broncos to win a very competitive AFC West. Uh, while their defense has held up his end of the bargain and arguably performed even better than expected, Russell Wilson has looked terrible, likely due to some injuries, including the one uh, which made him sit out last week against the Jets. And Nathaniel Hackett has made several inept coaching decisions. Uh, the Broncos haven't had much going for them offensively, but their defense has been quite good, uh, only allowing more than 19 points once to the Raiders. So this could be the deciding factor against a young Jaguars team that seemed decent, but has definitely trailed off in recent weeks. However, the Jaguars do have a proven coach in Doug Peterson, who's shown that he can win big. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, with the backup quarterback. And he can make smart play calls, such as the Philly Special, uh, especially on fourth down, unlike Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, they're also playing in London, where historically the Jacksonville Jaguars have been quite good. Uh, the winner of this game will go on to survive in the playoff picture. While 2-6 and six doesn't technically eliminate a team from contention, at that point, I would say that they are likely out of luck. So while it might not be the best game on the schedule, I do find it to be one of the most interesting ones this week. This is Story of a Season. I'm Truman Chose, and you're listening on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. All right, so now moving on to power rankings post-week 7. Number one, I am going to leave the Buffalo Bills. Uh, there is not much else to report since they were on their bye week last week, but they have looked, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of pretty much every other NFL commentator, they have looked like a tier above the rest of the NFL. Uh, despite the Eagles' unbeaten record, if they were to play head-to-head, -head, I would pick Buffalo to win. Uh, I kind of wish they had gotten Christian McCaffrey, as Aaron Schatz said, at that point, I would have been disappointed if they didn't win the Super Bowl just because they look that much better than the rest of the league and a superstar running back would have just made them the dream team. Uh, I am currently working on steadying myself for the Packers' likely loss this week. Uh, Bills at one. Uh, number two, I'm going to put the Eagles. 
they also had a bye week, so again, not much new to report. I did keep them above the Chiefs since they have had a couple more blowout wins, although in their last three games, they have looked more mortal. Uh, some close calls against the Cowboys and Cardinals and Jaguars. As I'm writing this, it's just been reported that the Bears actually traded defensive end Robert Quinn to the Eagles, which just reinforces their dominance on both sides of the trenches. They're already top tier on both offensive and defensive line, so this is just going to help a lot. Most of the rest of the teams I have just below them uh, ranked are from the AFC. So as far as the NFC goes, much bigger conference. I think that the Eagles are truly in a class by themselves, and their schedule should get them to a number one seed. Uh, number three, I'll put the Kansas City Chiefs. They had an excellent win against the 49ers which was a game I kind of expected San Francisco to win, just personally speaking. Uh, they really imposed their will against the elite San Francisco defense. Football Outsiders, uh, by their DVOA, said that it was the seventh best offensive performance in a game in the last 40 years, which is really saying something. And that was against a defense which previously we thought was maybe the best uh, in the NFL. It still could be a top one obviously, but Chiefs 5-2, uh, and two, again, looking really solid. I put them at number three. Number four, I'm going to put the Bengals. Uh, I thought they were just kind of decent. They started out slow, and then they started to look like, oh, okay, might be a solid team. But following their domination against the Falcons, they actually seem like a really great team, in my opinion. They have had two very solid wins in a row. They've seemed to have corrected any early season issues they had. Joe Burrow is back to peak form. Uh, this might actually be better than the team that made it to the Super Bowl last year. I think that they could hold their own in a game against the Kansas City Chiefs or the Eagles or maybe even the Bills of the World. Bengals at four. At number five, I'm going to throw the Baltimore Ravens. They did beat the Bengals a few weeks ago. I'm mostly putting them below because they have a lower point differential, and that was a very close game. That could have gone either way. So I think the Bengals... Uh, considering the season as a whole, have performed slightly better, maybe not a ton, but just a little bit better. Uh, one thing they don't have and the Bengals do have is offensive weapons. The Bengals have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Joe Mixon, and the Ravens kind of have Lamar and not too many others right now. So that is their one weakness that I am kind of concerned about. Ravens at Five. Number six, I will put the Dallas Cowboys. Their defense has been much stronger than we anticipated in the preseason. There has not been the drop-off that we expected uh, on either side of the ball, really. Uh, Cowboys were expected to kind of be an also-ran this year, but they have looked like one of the better teams in the NFC. Uh, DVOA has them as one of the top defenses in the league, I believe at number two. One concern I do have is the fact that they were facing the Detroit Lions, who have arguably the worst defense in the league, and just before the end of the fourth quarter, they had only scored 10 points, and this was with Dak Prescott back. I wasn't really on the Cooper Rush train. I thought it was just kind of a fun, cute little story, uh, but maybe there is a legitimate quarterback controversy. Dak has not looked superb in either of his two games so far this year, but even so, the Cowboys have looked very solid. I will put them at six. All right, so then after that, in my opinion, it becomes a little bit harder to group. Uh, I've just kind of got four teams all in a jumble. I have the Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, New York Gi Giants, and the New York Jets. 
Uh, I touched on the Giants and Vikings a little bit last week where they have overperformed a bit. That being said, even if the Giants are, for instance, the worst 6-1 team in NFL history, they have still arguably performed like a top-10 team this year. They have one of the better point differentials in the league. Advanced stats are starting to say, like, okay, they might actually be good. Football Outsiders was digging into how they have performed better as the season has progressed. So it's possible that Brian Dable maybe got a little lucky early on. And to be fair, all of his games have been decided by one possession, so there has been plenty of overperformance. But maybe the players are starting to get into a bit of a groove now. Uh, Vikings, also similar, have only had two games not decided by one possession. Uh, convincing win against the Packers and an unconvincing loss against the Eagles. I personally would probably put the Vikings at seven just because I can see how all the pieces can best fit together out of those four teams I mentioned. They haven't necessarily performed the best out of those four teams. So Giants and Vikings, maybe not great teams, but still very solid. And below them, the NFL is just kind of a jumble right now. Uh, New York Jets also touched on a bit last week. Their defense is starting to really come into shape. Football Outsiders has them as the 10th best defense in the league right now. They did not necessarily have a convincing win over the Denver Broncos, but a win is a win in the end. And it did show that their defense is quite good. Their offense still seems to need some work. Uh, their injury to Brees Hall probably did not help. Hopefully, James Robinson gives them some assistance in the running game. Uh, their game against the Patriots uh, upcoming this week should be very interesting to watch. The Patriots are 3-4. and four. I previously thought they were one of the best teams in the league, but after their demolishment at the hands of the Bears, I have several questions about them. It'll be interesting to see if the Jets can assert some dominance over the Patriots for the first time in close to a decade. Uh, and then I have the Seattle Seahawks, who I just wanted to put for good measure. They do have negative point differential. Football Outsiders does rank them as closer to a top 10 team. Geno Smith, of all people, is seeming like a borderline MVP candidate. It's very exciting to watch. Very random. He's in his 30s. You don't generally see a career blossom like this. I feel like a lot of us, myself included, owe Pete Carroll an apology. It seems like he has really wanted to... Uh, show that he is the winner of the Russ versus Pete debate. It also seems like he really does genuinely want to win. He doesn't just want to play for the first round pick. You know, forget about rebuilding. This could legitimately be a playoff team coming up. Uh, so Seahawks also somewhere up there. All right, so then moving on to game picks. First game we have is the Washington Commanders, the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to pick the Commanders to win outright. Both of these teams, to be clear, have been quite terrible this year, although they both have three wins. Those have been not very impressive type of wins. And the Colts are starting their backup quarterback, Sam Ellinger, instead of Matt Ryan, who has been dealing with some injuries, although Ellinger will be the starting quarterback going forward there's apparently been a lot of debate in the locker room about whether that was a good decision or not taylor heineke on the commanders has proven that he can play and that he can win when he wants to he's played overall he's been a solid quarterback i think that the commanders versus the colts the commanders have a better locker room right now and so i'm going to pick the commanders to win outright 23 to 17. Then we've got the Arizona Cardinals with the Minnesota Vikings. I believe that the Cardinals are probably worse than you think. I know that they are three and four, but 
DVOA has them ranked uh, closer to 29th in the league. They've had a lot of very furious late comebacks. I'm not convinced that Keller Murray and Cliff Kingsbury is working out. The Vikings are coming off of a bye. As I said, I think there's a lot of potential there in Minnesota. So I believe this is the week when it all really comes together, where they're after a bye and they've got a weaker opponent. They're at home. So I will take the Vikings to beat the Cardinals 31-20. to uh, Giants and Seahawks discussed both of these teams briefly earlier. Given the Seahawks are at home, I will pick the Seahawks to win outright and further establish their status as playoff contenders. They're probably about evenly matched, although Seattle might have the better offense. Uh, but the Giants have been very good at rushing this year with Saquon Barkley having a career year. Uh, so I think that the Giants will keep it close at the very least. And they will definitely be competitive, but just given the home edge, I will take Seattle to win 29-27, to just edging out the Giants at home. And then finally, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Raiders actually have a positive point differential this year. The Saints do not. They both have similar records. The Raiders are 2-4, and four, the Saints are 2-5, and five. but I think that the Raiders are feeling a little more heat to win, given that they play in the competitive AFC West. All of their losses have been by uh, possession or less, so they've gotten some very unlucky breaks. They looked very good in both of their wins. So I think the Raiders are probably better than you think. The Saints are probably mediocre. I like the Raiders to win a second straight game and improve to 3-4 and four and stay in the AFC playoff hunt. And with a final score of 28 to 23. All right, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Truman Chose. This has been Story of a Season on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.